If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. What I realized was our whole relationship was being consumed by a lot of my insecurities. It was reducing the joy in our relationship. And I just decided, I was like, you know what? This has the opportunity to ruin a lot of relationships around me. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. In the online space, it's really easy to get pulled into the thought that we can only show up when we're polished and perfect and presentable. And for years, the highlight reel of Instagram had us believing that perfection is the only acceptable goal. Well, now, finding new feeds to follow where realness, not the highlight reel, is a focus, that's what I'm after. And that's absolutely why I love following Roddy Devlukia Shetty. You might have heard of her husband before. His name's Jay Shetty. Well, no matter the platform, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, her blog, Roddy shows up with realness to share inspiration, mindfulness, kindness, and of course, conscious cooking content that literally makes me want to whip up something from scratch in the kitchen. I had the privilege of spending time with Roddy at an event recently, and I am so eager to continue the conversation on the podcast with you tuning in, carving out her own identity eliminating the negative self-talk, pursuing her individual passions, launching a product-based business with her husband, showing up even when she's in her PJs, and how she always seems to know how to remind people what's important and what truly matters. I am so honored to welcome Roddy Devlukia Shetty. Something I love about being a podcaster is getting the chance to support my network of fellow creators and business owners. Being Boss, hosted by Emily Thompson, is an exploration of not only what it means, but what it takes to be boss as a creative business owner, a freelancer, or side hustler. 
Being Boss is another amazing resource for anyone interested in getting inspired and more importantly, getting started. If you like Gold Digger, trust me, you are going to love Being Boss. Emily even covers topics that are near and dear to our Gold Digger hearts, like taking time off as an entrepreneur and finding vision for your business and life. Listen to Being Boss wherever you get your podcasts. Roddy, I feel like if I had this vision board of dream guests, but also just dream people in my life, your face would be front and center. And so getting Aww. to have this conversation with you just feels like a gift. So thank you and welcome to the Gold Digger podcast. Oh my gosh, thanks. Well, I have to say, whenever we've spent time together, you literally are just a bundle of joy. Like you just have the best energy. You're so fiercely honest at the same time, but with so much love and and I just think that's really rare, like to find a balance of honesty mixed with like sharing it with so much love and so much care for whoever you're sharing it with. I think that's a really beautiful, beautiful thing. So thank you for having me on. I really appreciate mm, it. I'm so excited. So first, I have to give you like a, a disclaimer that literally every post you post online, I save. So I'm pretty sure like I have a <laughs> folder of Roddy posts, um, but I want to know what fuels you? Like you have mm. been showing up in so many different ways in your life throughout the course of your life. And I think the world has seen, you know, this most recent iteration of you on the internet. But mm. I want to know kind of the backstory about who is Roddy and, and how did you become who you are today? Oh my goodness. Good question. You know, I'd say that everything that I share honestly comes from either daily inspiration, either trauma that I've like slowly uncovered from the past, things that I've noticed about myself. I've just been going on such a like self-discovery journey where I'm, un you know, I'm either uncovering things that are from my younger days or I'm noticing things about myself now. And honestly, there are a, a lot of them are notes to myself. Like most of them are things that I write down. I have a notes like like huge note section in my phone where every single thing that I think about, I just jot down, whether it's in quote form, whether it's in writing to myself, whether it's just words that I think about. And honestly, just I've been trying to live life so much more present, like being more present yeah. in everything that I'm doing allows me to notice so much more. And so through noticing so much more, whether it's within me or whether it's around me, whether it's conversations I'm having with my friends that they're going through hard things or or, you know, simple things like looking out into nature, like all of that fuels everything that I share. And it is extremely spontaneous, if I'm honest. It's it's so much about mm -hmm. like, it's like, oh, I just saw this today, or I just had this conversation. Let me share it. If, it. if it touches my heart or if it sparks something in me, I just think that, you know, we all have such common things that we all go through. And you know, a simple thing, like I posted about cold sores recently, because I get cold yeah. sores. And it was so funny because... I have lived with them since I was a kid. Like my mom used to get them. I've had them since I was young. Every time I get a little bit run down and it's such a normal thing for me. To, I've just gotten used to dealing with it because I had to go to school with it. I've lived my entire yeah. life having them and having to be out with people seeing it. And so I did a post where I was just, I was filming something not about the cold sore, but I, I had a cold sore in it. And the amount of messages that I got saying, oh my gosh, you're so brave for like even posting a video while you have a cold sore. And it just made me realize that like, 
something that you've you've become very this is just a small example but something that you've become very like okay with in your life like you've worked through there are people yeah. still in the beginning of their journey whether it's cold yeah. sores whether it's confidence whatever it is and so it's it's yeah it's, it's been an accumulation of every single thing that I've been through that I end up just yeah just sharing with other people in some way I want to know what were you like as a child? Like, because <laughs> you, when you, when I'm with you and stuff, you, you have this like childlike zest that I think is super rare. I think that so many of us fall prey to like the conditioning of, you know, how we should show up or the fact that somebody thought that you shouldn't even, you know, be online if you have a cold sore. Right. What were you like as a child? And like, how have you kind of evolved into who you are? Yeah, you know, when I was younger, younger, I'd say before the age of mm, 12, I was literally full of life. Like I loved, I love being in front of the camera. Like you see all of my, all the home videos, I'm literally like front and center, like shouting into the camera, like really, really <laughs> confident, so confident in my own body. And technically around that age, they would have said I was overweight at that age, but I was so content in the way that I was. I think it was because I had great family support. My family was so loving towards me. I didn't really care about anything else. Like I felt really happy. And then I'd say, you know, when you start going, I went to all girls school and, you know, it just, it fuels your insecurities so deeply. And that's when I realized I was like, oh, maybe I am inverted commas overweight. Maybe I, I, I realized that I was brown. I didn't even think of being different to other like up till the eight, up till like going to high school. I didn't even realize I was brown and other people were like a different color in terms of like I didn't feel a differentiation until I went to school and I realized I was in a minority. And so many things about yourself end up kind of heightening, I feel, when you're, I don't know, for me in a girl's school, it made a big difference. And I think uh, that's when I literally just went into a shell. Like I noticed myself, well, I didn't notice at the time, but now looking back, I realized I became such a different person. I was so, so much more insecure until the age of, I'd say, well, until very recently, I like the last couple of years where I started really like trying to uncover those things. I'd say I really was insecure. I wouldn't like walking into a room. Like if I was walking into a room, I need someone to walk in front of me or I need someone to walk mm -hmm. with me. If I, oh, my, my sister would literally, I would make my sister make phone calls for me, even if it was like to the doctor or if it was to book something, I wouldn't want to have like, I would be scared to have like initial conversations with people. My mom would manage, my mom would literally like be my manager when I was younger because I was too shy to ask for anything or to go and like put myself up to do anything. And so I don't know, I had a big shift in my confidence for such a long time in my life that it felt like it became normality. And so I went from like this kid who was so loved life to someone who was literally not wanting to be seen at all. And yeah, I just, I always wanted to shrink myself. And still I notice that myself catching it, whereas where we're going somewhere and I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I'm too overdressed. I think I'm too overdressed. I think I'm too overdressed. And I thought about why that happens to me on a regular basis. Like I'm constantly worried. I want to, I'm happy to be underdressed, but I'm scared to be overdressed. And I was thinking about why that is. And I realized it's actually because you don't want to stand out in a certain way, right? Like you don't want to seem like either you put in too much effort or I don't want people to have a re extra reason to, to look at me for, for some reason. And so I realized that a lot of that stems from that time where I just, I would have rather not been seen than be seen. And that was really difficult. I think I went through, a, I think, you know, the thing is everybody, it seems goes through a period of life where they go through that. And you know what, all the bullying, all the 
negative comments, all of those feelings, I think actually created this version of me where I made a decision from the age of when I started getting bullied till I was, you know, it went on for quite a few years. I was like, I will never judge someone for the way that they look externally. If I want to fight with someone, I'm going to, I'll call them names about their personality. I'll do, I'll do whatever. But the one thing I'm not going to do, I'm a lot more like tame now, but like, I'm just not going to talk about people's appearance because I feel that that's the, like the shallowest way to, to argue with someone. It's like, you've got nothing else left if you're going for what they look like. And so I think, but all of that really taught me how not to judge people like what what judgment should be based on if you're doing critical judgment and you're doing it in a in a mindful way judgment should be based on so much more than just that and so i yeah i really believe i don't regret any of it i w- don't wish any of it didn't happen i honestly believe that that allowed me to feel so much more compassion for people in my life and if i hadn't i don't know who i would have been so i really think it would have been it, it is exactly what it was supposed to be one thing that I think is just incredible about your story, and, and you said this word earlier, and I just, it's a word I've been thinking about so much, is just noticing. Mm. And mm. I think that a lot of us are so busy and so busily distracted that we've stopped noticing. Yes. And I feel like you, in every narrative that you've just shared and, and in your stories, it's taken this this pause to notice something and mm-hmm. to get quiet enough with yourself to ask the question like why do i care or yeah. why am i worried about this or why am i thinking this how did you shift out of someone who was more insecure or questioning mm. or or doubt how did like noticing play a role in that journey because i feel like it can almost be like everything Every single thing, you know, I honestly became a lot more conscious about it when I started dating Jay. And, you know, the thing is with family, like with my mom and my sister and my dad, like it's almost like they love you so much because they've literally like either given birth to you or seen you from birth that they it's like there's so much love that they mask the pain. And and what I mean by that is like, they love me so deeply that even if I am a brat sometimes, or even if I am like self-obsessed in certain ways or whatever it was that the qualities that I was seem to have been adapting at that age, they loved me despite of that. Like they, they loved me regard, regardless of who I ended up becoming or how insecure I was or like whatever it was. And a lot of insecurities actually end up coming out as hostility. I found for me, like if I felt uncomfortable in a situation, it would make me a lot more hostile rather than like kind or loving. Like I find insecurities do that. They bring out the negative tendencies in you. And so when I met Jay, what I found was he was always aware of like, oh, okay, I'm so sorry. I just did that. Like I'm just working. And he would always be telling me what he's working on or, Hmm. or noticing in an argument where he's been, been a bit rude or condescending or like the behavior behind the words he would always identify. And I was like, that is so interesting. Cause I've never even thought about that. I've been like, Oh, I'm angry right now. And I'm just angry. And I've never thought about wait, that anger is actually because I'm hurt. It's a defense mechanism because I'm this, this, and this it's, it's, it's me protecting myself, whatever it is. I've never really been forced to take those moments and figure that out. But then what I realized was in our relationship, there were so many things that I was doing that I actually, actually didn't like that I was doing to whether it's like subtle things through arguments or the way that I spoke to him, the tones I was using. And what I realized was like, 
with something like this, when you're spending day in, day out with a person, there's only so long you can keep being that person if you're not willing to change, but they are. It's like they're constantly trying to meet you where you're at rather than you putting in any of the effort. And so I made a decision that I, you know, from little things like every single time we went out, every single day, I would be like, oh, do you think I look like, does this part of my body look chubby in this? Or do you think this makes, if I do my hair like this, does my face look like this or, you know, whatever it was, what I realized was our whole relationship was being consumed by a lot of my insecurities. And it was, it was reducing the joy in our relationship. It's like, we're going out to have fun and I'm grilling him for like half an hour about (laughs) each part of my outfit and my face. And you know what, he would be so sweet and he'll be so encouraging. And, you know, he really had so much patience for me, but it also made me realize that by the time we go out, it's almost like we're both exhausted because we've just been focusing on, you know, these aspects rather than the excitement of going out. And that mixed with like, you know, a lot of things. And I just decided, I was like, you know what? This has the opportunity to ruin a lot of relationships around me and also reduces the opportunity to deepen the relationships because of what my focus is. It takes two people to deepen a relationship. And so if I am focusing on myself, that means I'm not focusing on the relationships that I have. And so I honestly, it was really uncomfortable. I'd say at least two years of me digging into everything that I was doing. So the way that I would do is I would start from the external manifestation of whatever. So it's like, okay, I got angry at this time. I said these things, I acted in this way. And pretty much at the end of the day, I would write those things out. And then I would really try and figure out like what patterns I had and where they could be stemming from, like really rooting back to when I think they first started, how I think it, like where it comes from, reading a lot about, you know, trends that can happen in life. And it just made me switch. And what I had to do was every time I would, for example, say something, I would write down what I wish I had said or what I wish I had done. And it almost becomes like training, right? Like it's, it's almost like weight training where you have to keep, you have to keep pushing yourself a little bit deeper. You have to keep getting yourself to a position where, okay, this is what's happened. Let me switch my mindset to this. Let me switch my mindset to this. And that's what I mean by noticing. Noticing is so important because if you're not noticing, you're not able to actually correct. And so, and I actually think noticing is the main part because yes, it might take years to correct something because you've been going through it for years. And so, yeah, it was just a constant battle in my mind of my tendencies versus who I actually want to be and how I actually want to represent myself. And and what I, I the key thing was, how do I want people to feel around me? Like that mm. was my thing because I know I felt energies. And when people have been uncomfortable with themselves, when people have been feeling negative, like feelings in their heart, you feel it within their energy. And I know I was doing that to people. I 100% know that I could see people's discomfort around me. And so what I wanted to do was change how people experience me. Like, how do people feel about me? And the only way I could do that was if I changed what was internally happening, because it was radiating out. Sorry, I hope that answered your question in a very long winded way. (laughs) No, that was, I mean, that was amazing. I feel like too, I am very like intuitive in the sense of energy. Like I can walk into a room and if Drew is like crabby or something, I'm like, "Uh -uh, not coming near you till you change that. Like, you know, it's like, it's one of those things, but I think what I love a lot about your answer and your story is when we look at relationships, it is kind of wild. I was thinking about marriage the other day and I was just thinking about like how crazy it is that we 
are vowing and promising to fall in love, not just with the person at the end of the aisle, but we're committed to falling in love to every single version that that person becomes. Oh my gosh. And, you know, I was thinking about like, when we used to be in high school and you'd write in a yearbook, like never change. And it's like, why were we encouraging people to not change? Like you want people to grow. (laughs) So I was just thinking about like, you know, marriage is just so incredible because it's like, we're like every person in a relationship, even if it's not a traditional marriage, we're all evolving and changing and growing and learning and doing better. And we're, you know, contradicting ourselves. And, you know, I love that just even watching Jay process something kind of brought about this thing in you where you're Mm. like, wait, like just this awareness can change things. Walk me through. So walk me through kind of a little bit about marriage. This was something that you and I talked about when we were together in Napa, because I think a lot of times when you are playing a role with someone who is seen in really big ways, it can kind of change how your identity feels or what that is. What has that process been like for you in crafting your own identity, both inside a marriage and outside of a marriage? Yeah. Well, first of all, like with Jay, it's been, I always like, I never had a desire to be in in a public in a job or in a lifestyle that was public. Like that wasn't even like in my dreams or in my, in my vision. I honestly thought I was going to be working in a hospital for the rest of my life. And so, and I was very excited about that. So that was never something, you know, people dream about being on stage or dream about Jay's definitely one of those people. He was born to do this. Like he has always been someone who loves it. Like most of his life has loved public speaking, loved sharing what he knows, loved speaking to people. He's such a, he's such a social person in that way. And it was really interesting because I kind of feel like I came the this part of my life was purely fueled through Jay because otherwise I would still be working as a dietitian. <laughs> and so I really had to grow into it because I, I realized that when people obviously know about him, I didn't want people to just be following me because I was his wife, not because I don't love being his wife, but because if that was true, then it was a very like, oh, what's she doing? And what's she doing? Because we want to know what he's doing. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to get get trapped into that because I feel like that puts a lot of pressure. If you don't feel happy with what you're sharing and you know people are watching you for for reasons that are not in your control. Like I can't control what Jay does. It's not, it's not about me then. And then I just decided that at first I was just sharing a lot of things to do with recipes on my on my page. And then I made a decision that if people were interested in my life in some way, and even if it was initially to do with that reason, I want to give people something that they're able to take, even if they look at my page for like a second, I want people to take away something where they have grown in their life in some way, even if it's just a laugh, or even if it's just like they've heard one thing that sparks something within them. I realized I wanted to make whatever it was purposeful and like intentional and, and give people something. Because if you, I think of it as being such a like, it's such an honor to have people wanting to listen to what you're saying, wanting to believe in what you're sharing and to, to do what you're doing. And I think that that is, it's such a honor and such a huge deal in terms of responsibility that I was just like, if people are going to be following what I'm doing and, and really even like mimicking what I'm doing, then I need to make sure that that is solid and coming from a place of like deep realization rather than me just, posting whatever I want. And 
Yeah, I slowly had to come up. Jay was always pushing me to just be, he was like, I want you to do whatever makes you happy. Like he had no desire for me to do anything that he wanted me to do. He didn't expect me to come to any of the events. He didn't expect me to to be part of anything I didn't want to be part of. I could have lived an extremely separate life. But you know what? I realized how beautiful it was to share what you love. And that's what I was seeing through him to be able to share what you love. And so I had to go on a journey to figure out what is it that I love that I want to share because I didn't even know that at the beginning. And so it really sparked me when you are sharing with other people, if you see it as a responsibility, you really take it like you take it more seriously. And so my studies, I go deeper in them because I know it's going to be shared when I'm learning about something. I'm absorbing it differently because, you know, it's going to be shared. And one of my teacher, Radhana Swami, he always says, like knowledge and intelligence is useless unless it's shared with others. Like it's pretty much useless just storing things in your body or in your, in your mind. It, it, it becomes useful and purposeful when you are sharing it with others. And that was just so beautiful. So whether it was recipes, whether it was my spiritual journey, which has literally changed my life, whether it was, I don't know, little little hacks that I've learned along the way. I'm like, that is something that could have the potential to change people's lives. And I've had the opportunity to come into contact with it. And I think every single thing that we experience, we've experienced for a reason. And I believe a lot of those reasons are to share with people who may not have been able to come into contact with that. And so, yeah, I I honestly can say I never felt pressure with Jay. He was always so great in that respect. And I've always had set my own pace in my own way. And if tomorrow I decide I didn't want to do it anymore, I don't think he'd care. And if, if I decide, if he decided he didn't want to, I wouldn't care either. And I think it's whatever brings your partner joy and whatever makes your partner happy in their own self, not because I'm happy. I'd never want him to do something because it will make me happy and not him. And he never wants me to do something for him. He wants me to do it. And maybe doing it with him, but for me. We've been through so many adventures together, from the first episode to now over 500 episodes. Growing the Gold Digger podcast, I can't help but see the similarities between how I grew up too. The first day of school feelings, the awkward braces years, and the excitement for what's next. And I know I'm not alone here. Growing a business takes a lot, and a HubSpot CRM platform is here to help your business grow better. HubSpot's reporting dashboard is like your crystal ball, giving you this bird's eye view on your marketing, sales, and customer service performance so that you can get ahead of any issues before they happen. Automated marketing tools allow you to create robust campaigns across all of your marketing channels, and you can even send, test, and optimize emails for different devices and inboxes. And shared inboxes make incoming chats and emails easy to manage and scale for the whole team. Learn more about how a HubSpot CRM platform can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer 
team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Honestly, it's super obvious when we're all together in person where it's like, I love one thing I love about our group of friends is like when we get to hang out like with spouses involved, regardless of Mm. if they're in the world that we're in. And I love just getting to see people's partnerships because I think it shares a lot about how, you know, how people are the way they are. And also like, you know, looking at Drew and myself, like I could never do what I do if he wasn't playing the role that he exactly. plays. And it's so clear and it's so obvious. And it's I love really, you too. Yeah. It's, oh, he's so fun. To and it's just, it's fun dynamic, to see like, those roles. Yeah. It is. Even seeing your dynamic when we, you know, when we went away together, it's just so beautiful to see how you both have navigated your roles and you guys are so solid in them. And I think that that is both of you really support one another in your roles and don't see it as lesser or more depending on what you're doing. Like, and I think that yeah. is the key. And it's, it's, you can see it, you can see it through the way you interact, you can see it through the way you talk about each other. And it's so lovely and rare to see couples who have really figured that out. And you know what? It's not easy. It takes so much work to do that. And that's why I feel so much respect for couples who have done that because it's like you could have taken the easy way out and lived a mediocre relationship, but you have chosen to do the work to create a spectacular relationship and not just a mediocre one. So fun. I love, I just love getting to, cause I think to a lot of business stuff, it's like people just sit there and just talk about business. And it's like, I can't do that. Don't sign me up for a retreat like that. But it's like, when you get to see life, I think it just paints a different perspective. And one thing I want to ask you, because I feel like it's a beautiful piece of your journey, but I think it's also something that could help so many listeners is you were talking about how you didn't even really know what you wanted to do or what you were passionate about or Mm -mm. what you wanted to explore or what you were curious about. And I feel like right now, I feel like we're living in this time where there's almost this, this revolution of women who have had the opportunity now to pause and ask themselves these questions and to kind of try and create this new identity within themselves because of the revelations they've had when they've had the time to pause. Mm. What was that like for you when you started to explore, like, what is it that I do want and and how do I want to show up and what is my purpose and what are my hobbies and stuff like that? Mm. Because I feel like you've had a beautiful journey kind of unfolding and still unfolding of yes. exploration. And I think a lot of women don't grant themselves a privilege of even starting a journey like that. that. Well, to be honest, at first, I thought I wanted what I saw other people having. And I think that's the that sometimes what ends up happening when you start looking for what you want to do, you almost start looking outside of you first, because it's like, oh, that person looks so happy doing that job. I want to do that. That person looks so happy doing this, like this hobby or whatever. When I see them doing it on social media, I'm like, oh, maybe I want to do that. 
And what I started making the mistake of was seeing people's joy in what they were doing and thinking that I needed to do what they were doing rather than understanding that what I really was looking for was the joy that they were feeling from doing that. And so it wasn't necessarily, and and what I had to realize was that that was bringing them joy. But me, I'll give you the example. When I first started this journey, I was around a lot of yoga teachers. I was living in New York and the community that I was part of, it was a big yoga community. And so I used to see how much joy my friends got from teaching yoga and sharing it with other people. And because I was surrounded by that, I was like, that must mean I need to be a yoga teacher. And so I went on this journey of like doing a whole yoga teacher training. And by the way, it was phenomenal. I wouldn't take it back ever because it changed me as a person. It was definitely part of my growth journey. But when I I came to the end of it and through that journey, while I'm covering a lot about myself, I realized it wasn't that I wanted to be a yoga teacher. I wanted to, (laughs) because teaching yoga wasn't what was actually making me happy. What I actually wanted to do was find that thing that brought me that same joy, that spark that I saw in them that they were feeling from doing that. And then I realized that was how I felt about Jay. It's not that I want to be a motivational speaker or, or, you know, do the things that he's doing or be a life coach. It's that seeing him live in his purpose and being so deeply aligned. That's what I want. I don't want to do those things. And so, and if I did, then that would be great. And that would be the reason for joy. But I'm saying that you mistake the external, like the work for the internal feelings. And that's actually what we're attracted to when it comes to someone. And So I had to really distinguish between the two. And then I just had to explore. I tried so many different things. And, you know, for me, food has always been the source of joy for me, whether it's in giving, like my love language giving has definitely been cooking people meals and also in receiving, like as a vegan, I get so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, they have vegan options or they have vegan this and like food. I don't do much else in terms of like, I don't even drink coffee. I don't really drink. I don't do anything. So for me, food has always been like the the place for comfort and enjoyment for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I decided that I would try having that as something that I share with people because I loved creating food myself. And I realized that that was a such a huge part to help people connect to food because food can be so healing. And that's something that I've really made my big part of my purpose. I feel is sharing with people what nature provides us and how it can heal our body from the simple things like spices or vegetables and really understanding what is it that I'm putting into my body that's fueling me, that's allowing me to do every single thing I want to do today. And I honestly see that that is one of the things that I connected to the most, especially once I studied Ayurveda, I realized that that's being lost in the world. And I really wanted to reignite people's love and, and attention towards what they're putting into their body. And then everything else just came from that afterwards. I, I really focused on food because I realized that I was getting that feeling that I was seeing in other people through sharing it. Mm. I think that's so, I mean, so many women do that. And I think especially one of the key points that you made that I think is just such a reminder for all of us is when we see other people happy, it doesn't necessarily mean that the things that they have or the things that they're doing will make us happy. And again, it brings us back to that dialogue of like one noticing where their joy is coming from, but it's usually coming from passion or belonging or fulfillment or purpose, Mm. not the actual thing. And I don't, yeah, I don't think that we shut down enough or like reverse engineer 
someone else's happiness to really come to that conclusion that it's not what we're seeing. It's something internal, which generally requires work and unpacking Mm -hmm. and maybe some therapy. (laughs) But one thing I'm very curious about with you, because it's just such a significant change, is you have worked so hard to change your inner narrative. You've talked about it in this episode, but what kind of things could a listener do if they're listening to this and they're thinking, you know, I'm not happy or I'm not happy with my body or I'm insecure or I'm trying to play small? How have you shifted that inner narrative to match now the Roddy that we see, the Roddy that's still working on it, but a different version of you that, you know, your energy is just different? The inner narrative. Um, How did I do that? Honestly, I did that by one thing that was huge for me was what I mentioned before was when I would and whether it was, you know what I realized that I, I read somewhere or I think it was my teacher again that shared integrity, true integrity is when your thoughts and your words and your actions are all aligned. Like that is actually true integrity. And what I realized was a lot of the time the words coming out of my mouth was not what was in my mind. And the thoughts I was having was not necessarily, yeah, it was not necessarily what I was saying out loud. And it made me realize that that, that was the opposite of harmony, that, uh, it was not aligned in my body. Like whatever was out of alignment was actually causing this turbulence within me. And I had to change the narrative because what I was saying out loud to people would be like, oh yeah, I'm great. I'm fine. Or even if I was saying something nice to people externally in my mind, if I was thinking negative thoughts about them, what I realized was that 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 lack of integrity between my words and my thoughts was causing this turbulence and anxiety within me and also reflecting on how I'm sure that they were receiving what I was saying. And so for me, the inner narrative was so much about about other people as well as for me and really feeling like I was, I feel that when we end up feeling disappointed in ourselves, it really usually comes from a lack of our own integrity of maintaining our own word to ourselves, And that's what I realized. I was disappointed with myself regularly because either I wasn't doing what I had told myself I would stick to, or I wasn't like commit. I was committing to things and backing out of them. And it wasn't because I was disappointing other people. It was because I was disappointing myself because I wasn't living in integrity. And I had to change the narrative because, and the way I ended up doing that was really, really being more conscious and noticing what I was saying, what I was doing and what I was thinking and how aligned they actually were on a daily basis whether that's writing a journal, like having a journal where you are saying things to yourself. And again, the negative narrative of like telling yourself, you can't do things. I would always tell myself, I'm not a business person. Oh, I'm not good with Mm. numbers. Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm not like, and I had, I convinced myself that, oh, if I do do a business, I'm going to leave the business side to someone else. I don't need to know about that side. Like that's not for me. And when I was telling myself that I realized like I was convincing myself, like I wasn't supporting myself saying, oh, you'll learn, you'll, you'll get better. Like I would to someone else to my own self. I was like, no, that's just not you. You're not good at this. No, you, you didn't get good grades in this. So that must mean you're not good at it. And I really feel like that was limiting myself. So, so like to so much, I was limiting myself and being like, you can only do what you're good at. Don't do anything else that you find difficult or that you're struggling with. And it was almost like a cop out because it was like me telling myself, oh, you're fine living in your little bubble and you don't have to do anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. It's okay because you're not good at it. 
And I realized that and I was like, okay, you're being a wimp. Like stop, stop, stop trying to get out of the work. Stop trying to get out of doing stuff that's going to make you feel uncomfortable. And I just had to throw myself into the uncomfortable. I literally had to like, just like, what's the word for it? Like fall into it. I had to just run into it. Otherwise I wasn't going to do it. And so everything from whether it was business, I had to just sit into those conversations that I usually wouldn't. If it came to telling myself I couldn't do things, I would do them anyway. Mm. And I made a point of doing things that I always thought I'd, I would love doing, but told myself I wasn't good at simple things like singing or dancing, for example. It was like, okay, I used to convince myself. I was like, you'd see people doing obviously like crazy dance moves and you're like, okay, I'm definitely not that good. That means I should not <laughs> dance ever. And I realized, especially during the pandemic, I was like, I want to try doing everything that I thought that I love that I'm just not good at because it's not always about being good at it. And also that helped change the narrative in my mind so much because I did it, I enjoyed it. And the enjoyment takes over the negative words that go on in your head. When you feel joy, I feel like it's a feeling that takes over anything else in your body. And so I've chosen to just do things. Even if I tell myself I can't, I'll do them anyway and show myself that actually whatever it is you're saying in your own mind, you're just making it up and you could do whatever you want and you can be, and if you're happy doing it, just do it anyway. Yeah. So that's a lot of how I changed the narrative in my mind. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I, well, I just love one that it's like, you're listening to yourself and being like, why do I think I'm bad at this? Or why do I think I can't do it if I'm not perfect? One of my favorite things that came out of last year is your new business, Sama Tea. Can you tell me a little bit about that and the journey to starting it? 
Yes. Oh my goodness. Salma tea has literally been mine and Jay's basically like quarantine baby. A lot of people got actual babies out of COVID, like <laughs> out of the time of quarantining. We got a tea baby. <laughs> it has been such a wonderful journey. I think it was a perfect time for Jay and I to do something together because we have worked on our relationship tremendously to get to a point where working together felt exciting and fun and yes. not too overwhelming so on that respect it's been wonderful for our relationship and then creating something that we genuinely love like for me I've been throughout the from the beginning of the pandemic I uh, before that I've been making my own teas I've been messing around with different herbs whenever I'm feeling a certain way and creating a blend a little concoction for myself depending on my mood from what I'd learned through my Ayurveda practice and for me when it comes to herbs and spices and adaptogens which by the way if no one knows what they are they're basically plant extracts that help your body adapt to stresses, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional. And so our tea is an adaptogenic herbal tea, which means it's got adaptogens specific to function. So for example, we have focus and clarity. We have relax and unwind. We've got all these different functions where you can say, today I feel like I need to do this. I need more focus in my life. And those adaptogens in the tea are going to help you do that. And it was just so much fun. Like it was such a fun process to go through. I created a lot of the blends. We were experimenting with it. Jay was doing a lot of the the functional side of the business. And yes, obviously there were ups and downs. We had a lot of changes through the packaging and whatever it was, but all in all, it has been such a wonderful experience for someone who, by the way, would say I could never, ever create anything. Like I could never do a product. I could never do business. And I actually went through and I was like, wow, I have learned so much. And to be able to share a physical product to people that really represents what we want people to feel. Our tagline is this moment is yours because I honestly believe with tea, you can't rush it. Like you have to take your time drinking it, steeping it, pouring it. Um, and it allows you a moment to yourself. It allows you to have a moment of presence. And that's what we wanted to do. Whatever we created, we wanted it to be an opportunity for people to take in their day a moment, two moments, three moments. Because like you said, I feel like it's easy to go through the day and not pay attention. So we think, okay, I'm sure people drink teas, they drink coffees during the day. How can we make that a moment of presence for them? And so I'm just excited because it's going into people's homes now and we're seeing it and it's, it's just wonderful. It really is. I love when you guys talk about it because it is so much about like the experience of it. It's not mm. just like the finished product. And I feel like for so many business owners, we're often like chasing and striving and doing more and, and we're looking at the finished product, but we're missing that experience. And yes. when I think about like your mission and the intention behind Samati, I think it's so beautiful because it's like, first, you have to notice what you need, right? When you're selecting which tea you want, you have to take a moment and ask yourself, like, what do I actually need today? And then you get to have that experience of slowing down. And I feel like in a world where we actually were granted the one thing that we've always said, you know, when I have more time, I'll do X, Y, and Z. And we were really yes. challenged. Our character was challenged. Now as the world is picking up and speeding up and things are moving faster, it's like, how do we bring back those moments of time and, and pausing and quietness and clarity? And I, I just love, I love what you guys have created, but I also love the intention behind it because I think a lot of times product-based businesses focus so much on the end product that they miss the experience. And I think yes. that you guys did it the right way in that the experience is at the forefront. 
Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for people to, I really hope it does do that for people and helps transform their days into, yeah, just a little bit more, a little bit more attention and detail to the to daily things in their life. Yes. Roddy, this was incredible. Where can everybody find you, get to know you, follow along and purchase Samati? Give me all the places. <laughs> well, I'm on Instagram as Radhi Devlukia and I have a website with all my recipes, which is radhidevlukia.co and Samati, you can go ahead and buy at samati.com. Please check them all out and let me, I would love to also hear feedback. I constantly love feedback and I also reply to DMs a lot. So if you feel like letting me know that you've tried anything out, then do. (laughs) Amazing. Roddy, thank you so much for just being you and for being a friend and for all the light that you bring to the world. I am so grateful. We were finally able to have this conversation. Thank you. This was so wonderful. Start my morning off talking to you. It was perfect. I feel like that conversation was literally just like sitting down for tea or coffee with a dear friend. And I hope you felt the same way too. I think what's so beautiful about the conversations that we get to have on the Gold Digger podcast is that they're rooted in the fact that we're all human. We're all on this explorative journey, figuring out who we are and how we want to show up and what we're passionate about. And if you need some sunshine in your life, if you need some of those reminders that Roddy talked about today, you have to follow her online. She is like a light bulb in my newsfeed. Everything she posts is just the perfect timing. It's like divine almost. I'm so grateful to be able to have friendships both on air and off air with incredible women who are set out to make the world a better place but who understand that that journey starts with them. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. And of course, until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home, and thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. 
Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.